I tell you, I love testimonies because what it does is it stirs hope and it sparks encouragement for us as well. That if God has done it for the likes of Lisa and Victoria and, and Jacqueline and Janice, then there is hope for us also. That he can do it for us, whatever situation or valley we face, right? Amen. And so it's good to share and to testify of the truth of God and to shame the devil. Because the enemy would rather have you be quiet and stay still and not open your mouth. But when we open our mouth, it's when we give glory to God, to what he is doing. Because I'm sure that we could have spent the whole of this morning just one after the other of testifying of what God has been doing. Am I right? So be encouraged. Be encouraged, church. And next time there's an opportunity, rise. To the front. It was great seeing our, our sisters coming, but where are the, the mandem? <laughs> you know, is that right, Colin? There you go. There you go. We need the men as well, the brothers, to come and to stir and spark faith. But that's, that's that. That's my little thing. Let's just come before the Lord as we um, come around his word. Let's just go in prayer. Father, we want to thank you that as we stand on this Sunday, this first Sunday of 2024, blessed Jesus, we ask, Lord God, that we, Father, thank you for your faithfulness, for what you have been doing in the lives of my sisters, Lord God. How, Father, you have been, Lord, like the master surgeon, have been pulling out the scalpel and cutting away those things which need to be cut away, Lord. And, Father, you are the God who continues to refine us, Lord like gold. And so, Father, we pray that as we come around your word now, Lord, will you continue to use your vessel, Lord God, speak through your word and continue to refine our hearts and our minds, Lord. Come and speak to each heart, for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, at the beginning of a new year, people often have those conversations, don't they? Of what perhaps they may want to give up or what perhaps they may want to take up. And then they proceed to make their New Year's resolutions. Now, many moons ago, I remember when I was a member in a local gym, during the month of January, the subscriptions would just soar and the gym would be absolutely ram-packed, especially during those first couple of weeks in January. I mean, you couldn't get near a machine for love or money because people were just queuing up literally to use them. But then, come the end of January, and those once-enthused gym bunnies were now nowhere to be seen. But on the flip, it was great news for me because I was now free to use whichever machine I wanted to. And so for me, it was once again, game on. Come on. Now, I'm sure that they all started off with the best of intentions and with the desire of getting shredded and toned in time for the summer. However, they failed to maintain the discipline of daily exercise, and thus they failed to achieve their goal. 
In other words, regardless of all the best of intentions in the world, unless one follows through with action, they will see no results. Because good intentions, as great as they are, they fall short and they do not move us towards our desired goal. Right? And I wonder whether the same thing takes place with our spiritual walk. As in, we all start off with the best of intentions that we are going to pursue the Lord even more this year than we did last year. That we are going to systematically read through the entire canon of the word and spend more time with the Lord. And all of those things are good. But if our plans stop at intention only, then we may find ourselves being discouraged and disheartened come the end of the year. And come this time next year, we may even find ourselves making the same old resolutions over and over again. Because while the intention was there, we failed to follow up with action. It's what Einstein defined as the meaning of true insanity, of doing the same thing over and over again whilst expecting different results. And so, at the beginning of this year, why not plan and follow through with your godly aspirations and intentions? I mean, if you've been meaning to read through the entire canon of the scripture, or you've been meaning to have more fellowship with the saints, or even serving on a team, as Colin said, then why not make this year the year of change? I mean, there are a number of good Bible reading plans that you can follow on new version, etc. And we could always do with an extra pair of hands. So why not get involved and get plugged in wherever you can? Amen. 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 Now, the Bible tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes that there is nothing new under the sun. And so... I have nothing new to bring you this morning. There's no four-point plan or ten ways to live a better life or any of those things. But rather, I have an ancient message for a new day and a timeless truth for a new year. And that's the title for this morning's message. And if you have your Bibles with you, then please come with me to the book of Colossians, and we're going to read from chapter 3 and verses 1 to 10. Just before I do, there's a bit of a hum out the back there. I don't know whether we can... Okay. And it reads, So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, 
God's wrath is coming upon the, dis the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now, put away all the following. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. In Christ, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free. But Christ is all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now at the beginning of this year, as well as taking the time to reflect upon the goodness of God, it is also a good time to ponder the possibilities of what may lie ahead. And before we race on ahead of God with our own plans and our agenda, it is also an appropriate time for us to wait on the Lord for his plans and his purposes for our lives. Because after all, Father knows best. Amen. Amen. And so as we wait on him, let us also take stock and take a personal inventory of our walk with Jesus. It's what Johann Pereira called a good time to see where we have been, where we are, and where we are going. And he gives us three pointers, and thankfully, they all begin with the letter R. In that, what are the things that we need to retain? What are the things that we need to release? And what are the things that we need to remember? Retain, release, Remember, you see, one of the things that I often ask myself periodically is what are the things in my life that I need to continue to press into faithfully? Or if you like, what are the things that I need to retain? And so my prayer goes along the lines of, Holy Spirit, will you teach me? And will you show me how to be a better husband to my wife, a better father to my daughter, and an effective pastor for your church? Another thing that I often reflect on and ask myself is, what are the things in my life that need to die? Or if you like, what are the things that need to be released in my life? For instance, impatience or that bad attitude, and that negative mindset which tries to creep in every once in a while, which, by the way, we are all prone to at times, are we not? And so I get before the Lord, and I pray, God, will you show me those things in my life that do not honor you, those blind spots that I have. Or in the words of the psalmist, search me and know me and see if there be any wicked way within me. Remove it and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139. So that I may live my life holy and acceptable unto you. For this is our spiritual worship. Romans 12. Amen. Amen. 
And then the final thing that I ask myself is what are the things that I need to remember and keep before my eyes continually? In other words, how do I keep the main thing the main thing? And how do I keep on majoring on the majors and not the minors? Because my time on this planet is limited. And so God, will you show me what are the things that I need to remember, retain, and focus on? And that said, I believe that our text helps us to do exactly that. Verse 1. It says, so if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, even though this verse begins with if, a better translation would be since. Because Paul isn't calling our salvation into question, but rather he is speaking to our position as a believer. And so he is saying that since you are X, therefore do Y. Or if you prefer, since you have been raised with Christ, therefore seek the things above. Now, this verb to seek it is in the present tense, which means that it is not a one-off command, but rather it is continual action. That we are to continuously to seek the things above. And what are these things above? Well, in order to understand what Paul is referring to here, we need to read on. Because he explains what this seeking actually looks like. As in, seek to live a clean and a holy life. Colossians 3, 5 to 9. Seek a deeper knowledge of the Christ. Verse 10. Seek holiness in your domestic life as well as your work and social life. From verse 18 to chapter 4 and verse 1. Seek an effective prayer life, verse 2. And then finally, seek to be a faithful and a fruitful witness in all your dealings with the world. Colossians 4, 3 to 6. And if you're still in doubt, then just seek to live a life like Jesus. 1 John 2, 6. Amen. A.T. Robertson put it this way. He said, the baptized life means that the Christian is seeking heaven and he is thinking heaven. His feet are upon the earth, but his head is with the stars. He is living like a citizen of heaven whilst here on the earth. Did you get that? Now you may say, but Rana... Can one really be that heavenly minded and of earthly use? Yes. Absolutely. And apart from our Lord, we have a number of contemporaries who model this for us. For instance, Robert Murray McShane, that great Scottish pastor and preacher from the 1800s. One day, he was evaluated by someone who knew him 
And this person said that McShane was a man who seemed to have got up so high in God that he had entered into the secret places of the holiness of God. And then he went on to say that when McShane preached the gospel, you could see strong men, hard and stern, melt like wax before the fire. That their breasts would swell and heave as if they were about to burst. And the whole place would become a place of weepers. Wow. Another contemporary who surged with the power and the anointing of God was the late Reverend David Wilkerson, who founded Teen Challenge, the rehab we got saved in. It was said of him that when he opened his church in Times Square, New York, Gangsters, drug addicts and prostitutes would all come at the beginning of the service and they would laugh and mock and antagonize him before it started. But as the holy word of God was opened, a holy hush would descend and fill the auditorium and those who were mocking were now finding themselves being silenced and some would later come weeping to the cross. Praise him. So that's just a couple of examples of saints who, like our Lord, were so heavenly minded and of earthly use. And so, let us follow their lead and their life and example. And let us seek the things that are above. And let us pray that his kingdom comes in our lives, in our families, in our communities, and in Harlow as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Paul goes on and he says that as, we're, as well as retaining or holding on to some things, there are other things that need to be released. To set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. Now what are these earthly things? Well, during the time of this letter, there were a number of false teachers and heretics who were attacking and denying the supremacy of our Lord. And so Paul warns, be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit that is based upon human tradition and based upon the elements of the world. Colossians 2, 8. And so Paul writes for the babe in Christ that he will not be duped by the onslaught of deceitful philosophies, but rather will stand firm in the faith and in the day. And as I mentioned earlier, there is really nothing new under the sun. You see, since the beginning of time, the enemy has working relentlessly in coming after God's people. He has tried every trick in the book to destabilize and to derail the people of God. And the empty philosophies that were once doing the rounds in the first century are still doing the rounds today in the 21st century. The only difference is that they now operate under a different guise and a different name or ideology. But their goal remains the same. 
to undermine and to overthrow the people of God. I tell you, the enemy is going to great lengths to derail God's children. And so it is imperative that we continue to stand firm and continue to refuse to bow to the spirit of this age as we heard last week. Amen. Now, in Colossians 3, 5 to 10, Paul lists the things that we ought to reject. Namely, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desire, and greed, as well as anger and wrath, malice and slander, and filthy language. Paul instructs us to steer clear of these things, lest they destroy us. Now, I don't know if anyone saw the latest interview with Kat Von D recently. She's a, a famous singer, as well as a tattoo artist. Now, Von D became a household name through a program called LA Inc., where she was known for tattooing people from all over the world, including celebrities. And her art was actually pretty impressive. The only thing was that her canvas just happened to be human skin. But there we go. Anyhow, along with her artistry, she was also deeply entrenched in the occult and in the dark arts like witchcraft and tarot, etc. But just before COVID, she came to faith in Jesus and she burned all her voodoo paraphernalia. And then recently, she was baptized and she posted a picture up on her social media feed. And she said that she was expecting a lot of hate from the secular world. Like, why on earth have you become a Christian of all things? But sadly, she received a lot of negativity and a lot of judgment from Christians. Who were picking holes in her and saying silly little things like, oh, her hands weren't fully immersed when she went under the water. I mean, come on, Christians, where is the grace, right? However, thank God that Von D's faith isn't in man, but it is in Christ because she continues to stand firm today. And so do keep praying for her and for others like her. Amen. I don't know about you, but I love testimonies like that of God saving the most unlikeliest of all people because that's what he does, doesn't he? We heard testimony this morning. And we all have a backstory of issues that we have or are struggling with. But instead of us pointing the finger, let us help one another to reject immorality and impurity. I mean, verses 7 and 8 tells us that we all once walked in these things when we were living in them. But now we are to put them away. Do I get an amen? Amen. And can I just say pastorally that if anyone is struggling in any of the areas that Paul lists in verses 5 to 10, then let me tell you that it doesn't have to be that way 
but there is freedom in Jesus. And so please do not suffer in silence and do not be held in the grip of the enemy, but reach out because there is true freedom in Christ. There really is. And so let us release the faulty thinking that we may have picked up along the way and let us be transformed by the renewal of the mind or in the words of the Hebrew writer let us lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race set before us looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher and the perfecter of our faith Hebrews 12 Amen and so as we go into this brand new year, let us retain those things that are vital for our spiritual nourishment and growth. Let us release those things which are detrimental to our spirit man or woman. And then finally, let us remember who we are in Christ. Verses 3 and 4, it says, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Amen. You see, if we're in Christ today, then we are no longer our own, but we belong to him. And thus, we are to live in radical obedience. I mean, isn't that what the Apostle Paul tells us and instructs us in Galatians 2.20? When he says, for I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And this life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. Amen. Amen. And so, as we go on throughout this year, let us remember that there was a death. That we died to our sinful nature and to the influence of this world. But more than a death, there was also a resurrection and an infilling and a deposit. That the moment we said yes to Jesus and we put our trust in him, we received the assurance of his blessed Holy Spirit and we became partakers of his divine nature. 2 Peter 1, 4. And as we yield to his spirit and as we feast upon his word, we will see God do great and mighty things that we know not of as his spirit moves in us and through us and touching the world around us. And one day, when the Lord appears, our faith, it will give way to sight. And there will be no need for healings because we will all have perfect health and there will be no such thing as cancer as covid or even the common cold hallelujah Amen. and there will also 
be no need for prophecy or for tongues or for the interpretation of tongues because God will speak to us all plainly. And in the words of Phil Wickham, when we arrive on eternity's shore, when death is just a memory and tears are no more, your bride will come together and we will sing, God, you're beautiful. Amen. 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 That's our hope, church. And with each passing year, we are moving closer and closer to retirement and into extra time. And one day, we will be promoted and we will be received into glory. And what a day that will be. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart or the imagination of man what God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. But until that day comes, let us retain and cling on to those stunning promises that we find in his word. Let us release and relinquish our sinful desires as well as our negative mindsets and our cares and our worries. And let us recalibrate and realign our lives under him. And let us remember his great mercy and all that he has done. And let us cultivate an eternal perspective which forms and informs our walk with Jesus today and throughout the rest of 2024 and beyond. Amen. And may we do it all to the glory of his praise. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, we want to thank you for how, great, how gracious and how faithful, Lord, you are. That, Lord, just as we were singing earlier, Lord, even when we don't see it, you're working. Even when we don't feel it, you're working, God. We thank you for how you met us. We thank you, God, that we are no longer that person, Father, when you first laid hands on us, Lord God, and changed and removed that heart of stone and gave us a heart of flesh. We thank you, Father, that we're not quite where we ought to be, but we thank you that we're in the process of being refined, Lord God. We are in the process of being redeemed, Lord, and we will be redeemed ultimately. And Father, I just pray that... I thank you, Lord, that uh, as a master surgeon, Lord, you, Father, don't take a sledgehammer to us, Lord, but you do take the surgeon's scalpel and you do cut those things away, Father, which do not belong as you refine us, Lord God, as you form and conform us and transform us into becoming more and more like your son. And so, Lord, I pray that as we go on throughout this day and throughout this year, Lord, will you help us, Lord Jesus, to retain those things that you have deposited within each life and within each person. I pray, Lord God, that we, Father, will release those things, Father, 
that, Lord, that are not good. Perhaps they're old mindsets, Father, or behaviors or patterns that we see in ourselves. Help us to relinquish them into your hands, God. And, Father, help us to always remember that, Lord, you are always with us. You will never leave us and you will never forsake us, that we can rest in you and abide in you. So, Father, I pray grace and I pray strength, Father, throughout this year for each and every one. Bless us and lead us, and may it all be for your glory and for your great praise. In Jesus' name, amen.